0: Hello, and welcome to Voices and Innovation from GigaOM. I am your host, Johnny Baldisberger, and we have a special episode today, special in that we're not going to be uh, focusing on a key criteria report. Hopefully, you're not too disappointed. Instead, we're going to be talking about uh, something that I think companies need to be more aware of. And to tackle this, I brought on one of our newest analysts, michael delzer hi michael how are you doing today i'm doing well thanks for having me absolutely so as i mentioned you're brand new to the uh the team yeah. would you mind kind of talking about uh how you how you came up in tech and uh what brought you to gig ohm finally
1: uh I'm, i i ri- originally started out studying architecture in college uh And that period of time, all architecture was done manually um, by physically drawing and measuring and doing that kind of stuff. I realized that computers were going to really totally displace that. So uh, while in college, um, I basically created my own minor in computer science. Uh, Then I started competing with Michael Dell on computers. Uh, um, uh, His dad gave him a warehouse where he sold one computer, paid for the entire rent. Uh, So I can't compete, so I started going into the services side grew a company, went multinational, but realized that I had missed the first two and a half years of my daughter's life. So I figured I would go into consulting for one of the, uh, the big firms, uh, chose Coopers and Labyrinth because they were supposed to be the best local talent so you didn't travel that much. They immediately merged with Pricewaterhouse. Waterhouse said, hey, you'd make a great international consultant. So 3 million miles on American Airlines later, um, I had an opportunity to do a two-week engagement at American Airlines, uh, which turned into 18 years. Uh, Um, When I retired from American Airlines, I was the chief infrastructure architect, uh, and uh, American Airlines at the time was 160,000 employees, and over uh, just under 6,000 people in IT. Uh,
0: That's a real kick in the pants. I'll I'll get to spend more time with my daughter by going with this company. Oh, (laughs) just kidding. Now you need to travel the entire world forever. Uh, (laughs) But that's you know that's uh, it's always nice when. when your expertise, your ability and your, uh, you know, your personality allows for companies to say, Oh, you are the right person for this job. Uh, we're happy to have you as part of the team earlier this week. I sent out an email basically, uh, asking, you know, we don't have a key criteria out at the moment or a new one this week, I should say. So I willing to grab, uh, anyone I could and I just said hey what are you guys passionate about what should we be talking about that maybe people aren't talking about as much and you respond to the email kind of with a with a big paragraph a summary about liability and you know we were talking a little bit before we hit record and it sounds to me that the key thing that people need to take away from this and we're going to go in depth. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Is that you need to be more strategic when considering your liability and the liability of the parties around you. Correct. So, um, so let's just kind of get into it. What is the base? Uh, what is the, impet- uh, good. Night. Well, let's go with the legal principle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: When people enter contracts, there's typically some sort of um, uh, controls on who does what and what happens if they fail to do something. A lot of IT contracts really don't put much control in what happens if someone intentionally fails, if they intentionally breach the contract.
0: Intentionally?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, And there's two ways that can occur. They either know something's going to fail and they don't tell you, Hmm. or um the company or a group of its employees decide to intentionally damage a company wow Uh, so um give you examples whether you like donald trump or not uh one twitter contractor was able to turn off his account and it was able to get turned on in seven minutes but for seven minutes his account was turned off well that's like
0: 40 tweets
1: yeah (laughs) but if that was if that company was um uh the new york times or that Mm. company was uh coca-cola or um just figure out who you like to hear from Uh, that was done by one person Uh, Mm. and to a corporate brand, having your brand turned off uh, kind of really unceremoniously, just by the whim of a person and having no liability back to that company for damages. Mm. That's, you know, kind of one area. And so, well, tweets, you say, Oh, that's just tweets. Well, a lot of cloud contracts, um, The only thing you can recover in the default language of most um, cloud providers contracts is credits for future use on the time you lost. Right. Uh, So if I'm paying 50 cents per minute for a server and it's down for three hours, you know, I'll get a little bit of change back. But that server, if that was my authentication server or some Mm -hmm. other critical piece of my infrastructure, um, that could have caused a global outage. Now, bad design on my part to have one single point of failure. But if that wasn't just one server, but a bunch. So here's another example. A Cisco employee left Cisco, but they never um, killed his access to the Amazon account. Mm -hmm. He was able to go in after he left um, Cisco and turn off a bunch of VMs uh, that were hosting WebEx. Those WebEx accounts were down. The way the systems were constructed, they lost the content. So everything that those customers had was lost. So wow. if you're using WebEx to um, record meetings, if you're using WebEx to, um, as in WebEx teams to record conversations and uh, message flows or service requests or uh, security requests or any of those kind of things where um, you intentionally thought, hey, this is going to live forever and I want to be able to do, easily find you know, why someone made this security request. Um, uh, that's kind of things people use these products for. Right. And that one disgruntled—I don't know if he's disgruntled, but I assume the person was disgruntled. Um, turned uh, turned off the um, systems, um, and because no one in Cisco thought um, that someone would have done that, they spent a lot of time trying to recover things or restart things, mm. not realizing that the entire images were destroyed. Wow! Um, and in some of these cloud vendors, when you turn off a machine, within a few minutes the disks are wiped. Right. Uh, so you can't just turn it back on and reattach storage and you're back to where you were. Wow. Uh, so, um, that was a recent one in Cisco now to the general public. We didn't hear about it until after it went through the court case. Mm-hmm. So, um, the person's now, um, uh, indicted and I'm not sure exactly when the sentencing for that person's going to hit, but for a long period of time, Cisco was able to keep this quiet. Um, uh, um. These kinds of things happen a lot. Um, um, American Airlines was in a company that was trying to set up a cloud contract. From 2008 until 2016, we were working with all the major um, cloud vendors and even some people who exited the cloud market trying to get contracts that included limits of liability. So they would have some sort of responsibility to do the right thing and not just Mm -hmm. because they were a nice person. It wasn't until IBM agreed to include limits of liability in their contract, did American Airlines sign a a public cloud contract. Later, um, in I think 2018 or early 2019, Microsoft finally was able to um, add that to to that contract. That gave um, American Airlines the ability to now to move into Azure as well as IBM. Uh, And the reason for that is we needed two levels of protection. One is if you intentionally damaged us, and two, if you knew something was going to go wrong and you did not tell us. So if you knew there was a problem with your storage system and it had the um, risk of um, losing data and you didn't tell us, and because you didn't tell us, we assumed that it had a certain level of um, reliability or redundancy, um, uh, that's an example of you knowing something's going to happen, not telling us, and then we suffer an outage for it. And American Airlines wanted to make sure there was enough skin in the game for these cloud vendors, that uh, they had to put some kind of process in place to make sure that these kind of things would not occur, um, that uh, they had some ability to detect if their employees were disgruntled uh, and did something to make sure that uh, um, one rogue employee or a group of rogue employees couldn't easily destroy something. And if they did do something, how quickly could it be recovered? Uh, so, that's kind of things we, we do. In large companies, especially the Fortune 100, these kind of terms are in almost every contract. So, if I sign a contract with Oracle, I sign uh, for their databases. If I sign a contract with SAP for its um, ERP products, there's um, limits of liability in those contracts. Uh, and so, when the cloud vendors started coming up, that um, was something they were trying to avoid having that liability for. The other thing that was um, happening in the cloud market was the ability for people to um, click on a screen and accept a contract. Uh, A lot of companies had paid a company called AIG for intellectual property insurance and uh, property loss. Uh, One of the little obscure parts of the language of that contract is you can't allow your employees to accept those kind of contracts. If you do, you void your entire contract with AIG. Uh, so at a CIO roundtable, um, we were talking about this concept and it was amazing how many people, um, were not even aware of this topic and that the, uh, ability for their employees to go click through these, um, uh, contracts and accept them online, voided their AIG insurance. Uh, so that's kind of why um, this started becoming a really big topic for me because a lot of people weren't looking at it. And one of the things we found out, the reason why people aren't is the, people who normally deal with limits of liability are your intellectual property attorneys, not typically your contract law attorneys. Uh, And typically in in companies, the people who are reviewing these contracts are typically uh, doing vendor contracts. And uh, for some reason, those lawyers are so caught up in the T's and C's of um, various things that they forget about liability insurance or liability risks Um, or intellectual property risks. Um, And so that group of attorneys just isn't skilled at looking for those kind of terms and making sure that this it's not part of their boilerplate. Um, uh, So that's the reason why I think a lot of companies miss this, but that's why it's really important is that you have some ability to hold the uh, company liable to some limit of um, payment that typically requires them to have insurance. That's the reason why they don't want to do it.
0: Now... Just stepping back Mm. a few minutes, um, Mm. I want to make sure people understand uh, the severity of kind of one thing we said uh, when we were talking about Twitter. Mm. Um, When you said you'll get some pocket change back for your server being Mm. down for three hours, Mm. uh, like, okay, they paid for the service you lost, fine. Except you didn't just lose service. You lost every... A transaction that could have happened in that three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what if that happened during the middle of your biggest uh, sales cycle deal, or sales event mm-hmm. of the year?
1: Um, so the it's the risk or the impact of that loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and when companies um, like um, Amazon, Google, anybody, if you allow them to have no um financial pressure um, to do the right thing it becomes too easy for them to say we'll get to that later Um, it becomes a back burner it doesn't ever get off the backlog in a software development cycle Uh, if it's a process um, trying to make sure that someone's actually enforcing a process or doing a process Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why you need to have these kind of limits in here to make sure people have an incentive to do the right thing
0: it's been It's been said many times that when the punishment for something is a fine, then uh, that punishment only exists if you can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> but so you know, you need to make sure that your uh, your liability protection will cover the cost of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, if even if you have protection of like, okay, my server was down three hours, they paid three hours of my server fees. Uh, you need to make sure that they will also cover your projected uh, business impact. It, exactly. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's very clear as to why these providers wouldn't want to provide this liability coverage. Mm-hmm. Anytime you ask anyone for money or uh, or for the promise of money, it's pulling teeth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why it took uh, almost a, th- decade to get um, contracts signed with these major cloud vendors. Uh, even with the cloud of American Airlines being um, in the fortune 50. Uh, so even with the large cl- um, cloud, it was a incredibly painful thing uh, yeah. to try to get negotiated. Um, but it's critical. Um, it's like prior to sarbanes oxley with a threat of throwing people in jail, people weren't willing to put the controls in uh, for people. Um, Ensuring that the financials were accurate, and in a lot of privately held companies that do not have to rely on SOX or have the fear of SOX, they don't put those controls in place. Uh, the when the uh, payment card industry or PCI um, started coming up with its uh, fines uh, or fine schedule, if people violated um, uh, uh, any kind of the confidentiality as far as the credit card data goes that forced people to actually do serious things to try to improve the security of their systems. Uh, The people who don't have PCI systems, they don't run them with those controls. And SOX and PCI, that's just best practice, which means that people who aren't following SOX or PCI um, guidelines are not doing best practices. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And that lack of rigor or the ability to um, defer risk has a potential impact to companies. Um, uh, you know, So we've seen a lot of places where um, people have fallen down and uh, people get into companies and do bad things sideways. Um, uh, it's one thing about people doing intentional acts um, uh, like the attack on uh, target or the current attack that's going with solar winds. Um, but it's another thing when it's just the Lethargy or lethargy of technical debt not being addressed uh, or that no one is responsible um, for safeguarding um, uptime uh, when those kind of things exist, um, it becomes too easy for uh, people to say oh, we'll get that tomorrow and then that night something bad goes 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 boom um, and without these kind of protections companies do not have the incentive to actually go fix this. And if companies keep uh, signing these contracts without forcing um, Amazon, Google, and these other people to add that to their standard um, contract terms, the risk is that they will keep on doing uh, substandard operations. They're they're great companies. I'm not trying to say that any of these companies are bad, but they, without something like limits of liability, there is not a great incentive for them to make sure these things are done correctly.
0: So let's talk a little bit about how this needs to happen, how this uh, can happen. Mm-hmm. Let's say um, it sounds like the only way to really create a uh, industry standard of these is for everyone to band together and demand it. Mm-hmm. Uh and I can't remember if we talked about this before I hit recorder after, but you mentioned there's a, uh, there's a point in a company's size mm. where they begin you know, looking for this. Mm. And then there's a point uh, where they're like, we're too small to worry about this. Mm. Where, uh, what level do you well, think people should be looking at it?
1: <laughs> well, so definitely the Fortune 100, this should be part of the way they run. Uh, Fortune 100 companies should not allow anyone in the company to sign a click-through agreement like you would normally have on trying to um, request services from Amazon, Google, GCP, um, that all those kind of um, service contracts, um, even if it's a SaaS provider, um, that the legal groups um, go through a prop process and make sure the terms are in there, that mm-hmm. make sure the company is protected. Everyone really cares about this. The problem is the reason why... I, uh, talk about the Fortune 500 and above, is the economic loss to them is enough they can afford attorneys to do this. Hmm. Everyone really cares about you know their brand reputation. Uh, and having someone intentionally do something bad to you or by negligence does something bad to you um, still affects your business. You just may not have the political clout. So it would be great if the um, uh, some sort of business alliance would um, band together to try to make sure these kind of terms or default in the industry. Um, I just don't see without Congress or something like that, that ever getting together because it's not a really great um, organization that I know of that has that kind of political clout to right. push that kind of stuff.
0: You know, we, uh, early on in the life of the show, we had Chris Grundemann on uh, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the broccoli technologies mm-hmm. of the internet. Mm-hmm. Those things that maybe not everyone wants to do but they really need to be best practices they need mm-hmm. to be standard mm-hmm. and this sounds like this sounds like broccoli of business to me yeah. uh it's not everyone wants to eat it it's going to cost someone money mm-hmm. there's there's a point where you have to bite the bullet and do it mm-hmm. so that you mm-hmm. can be the best mm-hmm. but eventually this needs to happen mm-hmm. um and that you know that's another interesting thing i want to to kind of mention is the fact that this isn't a standard part of the growing pains of technology, or is this, is this its own thing entirely? Like,
1: <laughs> Well, I, that, so I think what happened here is previous types of contracts, um, um, with, uh, like SAP, uh, for its, um, um, enterprise resource or HR products um, with Oracle and its database products or its financial products, those big companies um, in their contracts would have limits of liability. If mm-hmm. I was um, uh, going out to Ford Motor to buy a fleet of vehicles, there'd be a a, a contract term in there about what limit of liability uh, Ford Motor or somebody would have for a defect um, in their product. Uh, so that's kind of in there. in a lot of those um, in the consumer market, has been mm-hmm. done by Cong- acts of Congress on uh, the controls of like defects. Um, what I think has occurred um, is that the speed of people trying to get stuff done in the cloud and the kind of shadow IT nature of people doing stuff in the cloud made it too easy to do these click through agreements um, and people stopped reading them. It's like, when you go to a website, how many times do you actually go read the uh, terms of, uh, terms of the service? Ool,
0: the ULA. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's that kind of um, malaise that we've created for ourselves in this IT space, especially in the internet space, that mm-hmm. um, has just conditioned us to um, not care and not spend a lot of time on these kind of things. Um, and controlling the ability for your employees to be able to click through and accept a contract is relatively difficult. Uh, The way a lot of companies do it is that you just can't expense software anymore or subscriptions, software subscriptions. Mm -hmm. That um, means that if I do that, I'm basically eating that cost myself. Mm. So that kind of um, stops that behavior. But you need to have some kind of um, ability to say, hey, um, this is a risk for the company. Uh, Signing these click-through agreements avoids our insurance uh, that we would have paid for um, something like AIG. Um, So we need to do something. Uh, and I think that's kind of why it's one of my soapbox topics. Because when I go to CIO roundtables, mm-hmm. um, I'm typically the only person in the room of maybe 200 CIOs um, that has even addressed the term uh, "limits of liability" in their cloud contracts. Uh, which means all these other um, companies are running without any kind of liability. So again, uh, that three hours of downtime, they're going to get uh, uh, you know pocket change to be able to for that outage event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it'd be interesting to see if um, WebEx um, had a, any kind of, um, well, it's WebEx caused the problem themselves, um, but the people who subscribed to WebEx, if they didn't have limits of liability um, in their contract with WebEx, um, they probably um, may get some credit uh, for um, you know how many employees um, that month oh. uh, were imp- impacted. Um, but uh, the fact that it took them a really long time to get the system back up and running yeah. Uh those people just had no web conferencing, which means I'm now having to quickly switch over to using Zoom or some other product. Um, I may not have the security controls in um, those other products built in. So now I have an issue about um, potentially leaking corporate data. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a training issue in the fact that my employees may not know how to use other products or use them well. Uh, the people who are using the WebEx for the um, team content um, Again, they've lost that. So now they're gonna to have to quickly spin up uh, something like Slack. Um, they may, again, not have the contract set up. They may not have the um, security control set up. And they may not even have trained their people how to use um, Slack um, terribly well. So again, these kind of things have impacts. Um, you know, So if you're a person who's in sales, especially during the age of COVID, losing um, your video conferencing for as long mm-hmm. as that outage existed, um, which was multiple days, um, is just killer. Uh, so that's the reason why um, these things need to have some kind of controls and you have to protect your company. So if your company has um, suffered a loss, it's not a fault of yours, but a fault of the um, vendor um, either intentionally doing something or allowing something to occur that shouldn't have occurred. Um, uh, so in this case, Cisco not ensuring that the um, controls of the um, Amazon account were properly controlled. So a, a former employee no longer had access to them. Uh, so that's kind of the issues.
0: I keep, I keep thinking about uh, all my sons, mm-hmm. the play in which a a a father. Uh, it is eventually revealed. Spoilers for this mm-hmm. like sixty-year-old play. Uh, a uh, father is revealed to have okayed the manufacturer of faulty airplane parts mm. that led to many deaths during, I want to say world war one, but it's been a while since I read the play. Mm. My point is, is that these kind of business practices are not new. Correct. Uh, Corners. Uh, and more than that, people make mistakes, honest mm. mistakes. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anyone at, uh, WebEx was malicious. Mm. Uh, Sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes errors happen. As we lean on machines, sometimes outages happen. Mm -hmm. It only makes sense to protect yourself uh, in these cases, Mm -hmm. which leads me to the next point of the quick through contracts. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who uh, will be on, let's say, Facebook, railing against Facebook's invasive technology. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we talk about this a lot. When we talk about corporations and, and data collection mm. and privacy versus security mm. and all these things. And so for, for as a society, people that are so concerned with these things, we sure do click that, like, scroll all the way down, accept button very quickly. Yep. Um, to the point where uh, it's almost a, a, a meme in itself of ex- mm. clicking accept. Mm there's a commercial right now where a woman uh reads through a credit card contract Mm -hmm. and the most unrealistic thing about the whole contract is that she's or the whole uh commercial Commercial. is that woman is reading a contract Mm -hmm. because we don't (laughs) generally speaking uh although obviously she is smarter than me if she is
1: well what's interesting on that most of us assume that um, other people are actually reading these contracts and they would have flagged it if there was something egregious in it. Hmm. So we're basically kind of acting on our herd immunity uh, concept, assuming that someone else has already encountered that, um, has um, raised it, and had it fixed. Hmm. Um, uh, the problem with herd immunity is that um, if not enough people are actually reading <laughs> that and basically filing um, uh, challenges to it, um, it, it, we aren't protected. Um, right. Uh, and a lot of uh, websites that um, EULA that you were reading is often boilerplate text that, uh, you know, is almost the same verbiage word for word between different companies. Hmm. Uh, you know, they'll swap out their name, uh, that company name to the, um, uh, in the contract. Uh, and they may put some other things in there based on what they named their product. But effectively, it's the same concept. Hmm. And most of those indemnify the... Um, company from any liability, um, and I the interesting thing about limits of liability. We're not trying to say that um, if Amazon or Google or anybody else had a whoops, whoops um, isn't a liability. Um, liability is you either intentionally caused an action that um, that impacted somebody, or um, you failed to protect something from occurring. So um, a person who works at a amusement park ride sees that a person did not put their uh, seatbelt on and allows that person to travel on that roller coaster. Um, that person um, uh, failed to do their job. And if that passenger, um, who didn't put the seatbelt on, even though they should have done it themselves, um, but that, that person's job is to make sure that that was done. If that person gets hurt, that a amusement Park is now liable for the damages to that passenger. Right. Um, uh, so that's kind of what we're looking at here. Is it's, it's the um, um, either intentional act of causing damage or um, uh, knowingly not um, enforcing something or doing something that results in an outage or a loss. People take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And in a small company, that's kind of what small companies have to do. They, mm-hmm. um, they have to do best efforts, um, and so that's the reason I'm saying that um, when you start getting to the Fortune 500 and above, you can no longer afford those right. shortcuts, because if a, a company generates billions of dollars of revenue a day, uh, um, a loss of a day of their web presence, and um, uh, is a huge um, impact on their bottom line. It could impact their stock price. It could impa- impact people's pensions, four hundred and one k's. So there's a global impact um, that can happen on some of these really large companies.
0: I would say the the very minute you can afford a a legal team or even a lawyer, mm-hmm. is probably the time when you should start you know paying very close attention to anything you sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, before that, you should always pay attention, but. Uh, once you can afford a lawyer, you should. It's one of those things that uh, that allows you to protect yourself and to protect your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of saying things that are more uh, pertinent to small, tiny, mm-hmm. tiny companies that mm-hmm. are just getting started. Or startups, mm-hmm. which begin as tiny things. Um, there's a lot of things that are painful. They're the broccoli. Mm-hmm. You have to eat them to grow properly. And... Uh,
1: or take something similar that provides the same value as the broccoli.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You oh. need those vitamins. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact that there are major massive companies that are not eating their broccoli mm-hmm. should be concerning. Uh, and it's something that, you know, for all of our CISOs and our, our C-suite mm-hmm. executives out there, it's something that – I think and uh obviously michael agrees because we're doing this show it's something you should start paying attention to
1: and get something in there so um uh it may take a while and maybe um uh, it's not a billion dollars of liability maybe it's a 100 million but it's a that's better than just um pocket change for the uh, the minutes that you were down
0: yeah yeah just all we're saying is protect yourself yeah. um Michael, it's it's been lovely to get to know you and to talk about this really important issue. Um, how would, uh, other than your future reports for GigaOM.com, how can people kind of follow you, check out what you're doing and, and read more of your work?
1: Um, well, on Twitter, um, until I came to GigaOM, most of the stuff I published um, was owned by the people I worked for. So it was American Airlines, American Airlines owned it uh the reports i've written uh, since i left american islands were owned by the people i wrote for um uh, so going forward look for more of my stuff to be um be able to be found on GigaOM. uh so uh, blog content um reports that i'm working on so basically look for me on GigaOM. Uh, i am on twitter i am on linkedin uh, but my majority of my uh, content i'm going to be generating is going to be trying to grow the GigaOM brand
0: Fantastic! Uh, you know, I asked that and immediately thought, "I bet most of this stuff is either proprietary or will be on GigaOm." <laughs> as soon as I asked it. If you've enjoyed this episode, uh, you can always go to GigaOm.com to see more of our content. We have blogs, we have this podcast, as well as an archive of past uh, podcasts starring analysts like Enrico and John Collins. You can also subscribe to our full body of knowledge to get access to all of our reports, past, future, and present. For all your future forward advice, we recommend you go to gigaom.com. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm Johnny Baldisberger for GigaOM, and this has been Voices in Innovation. Just listen.